Hey guys, and welcome to our first podcast. My name is Nathan Franco, and I'm your host for today, uh, accompanied with Dr. Caro, who is a sports psychologist that's been in the industry for 10 plus years. And for our special guest today, we have Uli Giannis, who is currently a professional soccer player overseas in Europe. Uh, to begin, we're so happy to have you. We really appreciate you coming Thank out. You. And we're excited to hear more about your journey and your story and how you've become where you're at today. Uh, for our, so for our goal for this podcast, it's to create a platform uh, where professional athletes and athletes as a whole get a chance to tell their story on what it's like being an athlete and all the controversy that comes with it. We believe we need more than a conventional therapist in our system to help these athletes as a whole with whatever their goals are in the future. The difference of the roles that athletes play in society on and off the pitch is something that we as a whole really attracted to and wanted to receive to our audience, that it's not just about uh, being an athlete, it's not just about the daily practices, and it's more to it. Um, we believe that athletes deal with physical and mental challenges, whether that being in their careers, following the contracts, the competitions, post-careers, and social life. We believe that there is this um, stigma that athletes are overpaid, overrated, and um, uneducated, which is something that as a whole being not just a doctor, not just being an athlete myself and being a professional, as you can tell, we all deal with these same struggles. And that's something that we really want to perceive to the audience that it's okay to, to have that problem and we're here to help you guys with this problem. Our goal here is to unite all the athletes together and have you tell your story and have you have an audience and a platform for yourself, not only because of the future that you want to perceive, but just more of like the people that you can influence and the people you have influenced without having that recognition and that audience. Um, obviously, we've known each other for a while. It's been years since like we were kids and it's been a beauty seeing you grow. It's been a beauty seeing you struggle. And it was something that I could never relate to when we were younger because obviously the different lifestyles, the different uh, comparisons of, of scenarios that we lived in. But I'm pretty sure you can touch on more on that. When you were 18, I think the day after, like a week after turning 18, you signed your first professional contract. How was that? How did you feel um, about that? I mean, it was, um, it was something that I never thought was going to happen. I mean, at the young age, it's different out there in Europe. So in Europe, you you're basically a professional no matter what. Once you turn, once you play U nineteen, U sixteen, U fifteen, wherever age you are in Europe, you're you're technically a professional soccer player. Already. So when I signed my first professional contract, I feel like my dream came true, and it's just something that I have to like keep working on if I want to make the next level where I really want to be. But I think it was something that was very, I don't know, it was something in my heart that was just like, damn, you're you're almost there. Just, just keep going, just keep going, and then it, everything that you w worked hard for is going to pay off. Was it like a relief, or was it more of like a, damn, what's next when you yeah, got that contract? Which, think, like, what way did you I think it? I think it was a little bit of both. It was more like, wow, like, this happened, but at the same time, like, I'm not where I want to be. You know, it's like, I still have to keep working hard, but with time, I think I'll get there. Awesome. Well, our service offers a doctor, too, and, like, when we teamed up together, our goal was to ensure that these athletes have a voice and to ensure that they have the necessary help needed in order to continue to grow, in order to continue to excel either in your next contract mm -hmm. or it's either your goals outside of school or outside of college, like uh, the sports industry and where you perceive yourself because 
like we said earlier, there's a lot of athletes around the world. And there's obviously you have the top 1% where it's just like, well, Dale Beckham, you have all that. And that's where you want to be, the Cristiano Ronaldo of your, you know, of your generation. And a lot of people see that, but a lot of people don't realize there's achievements before that goal. Like the goal is Ronaldo. The goal is to be that guy too. What we want is other people to realize that you're a step there. Like you're you're getting there. To you, it might be like, what's next? Because you're already in that grind. You're already in that mentality. But to other people, they don't know that grind. They don't know what it's like to work uh, outside of practice, what it's like kicking the ball, doing 20 free kicks the same way, what it's like um, having fitness in the summer, the hard, the hardcore summer fitness that you used to do as a kid. Like no one sees that. And obviously with the studies that Dr. Carroll has found in his book, um, he's established that segue for you guys to excel. And that's what we want. We don't want you guys to hold back. We want to see the best version of you guys that we can possibly see. I think you could touch on a little more. Sure. Well, you, you have a really interesting story. Like I think from like an athlete perspective, but also like a human and a psychological perspective. So one thing I'm always interested in when I work with athletes and they come in is like your motivation. So I'd love to hear like, first of all, your story and your journey, which is interesting and unique, but then also because you did have the, um, you saw the potential to be making money and how that, you know, the internal and external motivation played out for you because I, I imagine you love soccer, but then also the external driver of having uh, money in front of you. Mm -hmm. I'd love to hear about your story and what you were motivated by growing up when you were younger and what you were thinking. The first time I f like touched the soccer ball was at my, my dad's soccer game. I was like four years old three, four years old, and then, like, I saw a soccer ball, and I was just playing with it, so that's well, that's how I got into the sport, so my motivation was, like, my parents, my family. We didn't have much growing up, so at the same time, like, growing up, it made me realize that I want to get them, like, somewhere else, like, somewhere better, so that will motivate me every single day to try to, like, get my family pretty much out of here, just try to make them as happy as, try to make them, try to make their life easier and try to make them happy every single day. Yeah, that's good stuff. And you, so you grew up in Linwood yes. for 12 years, Linwood, California, for everybody out there. Um, so even like now, I guess, because now you've made it. So like how, how does, I mean, what I'm saying is like, you need to have a lot of internal drive to be, get where you got. Mm -hmm. So like, how do you view like your own work ethic and practice and how does that relate to how you're, um, you know, your drive to support your family and help your family. Like, how do you, because they're two different things, you know what I'm saying? Because you want to be great, because that's what you do. Mm -hmm. But then also you want to help your family. Like, how do you, I'm curious, like, what your kind of day-to-day -day thoughts are about the motivation piece. I don't know. I, sometimes I just, it's, it's crazy to me because sometimes I don't really think about it. Like, it's more like I really don't want to, like, if I, the more I think about it, I feel like the more stress I'm going to put myself because it's like, I wanted everything to happen like quick, but at the end of the day, you just have to be patient of what you have to do. Just keep working hard, and everything will fall into space, uh, fall into place. My parents always told me like, let God do His work, and then let everything just you focus on what you need to focus on, and we need to focus on we need to focus on and everything will come into play later on in the future. So, what was the biggest challenge then when you were growing up, athletically, or even just from the human I, point of view? Athletically, because mm, you obviously have the talent. The one thing that I had um, problems with is um, getting, like, say, just, like, in the pitch or anything like that. Just sure. pretty much 
getting pushed off the wall, not being scrawny, like just stuff like that. But um, there were times where, I mean, I, before every training, uh, even Frank, uh, Nathan even knows about this. Like I would train before, I would do double trainings almost uh, almost every week, Monday through Friday, Monday to Thursday. We'll have training in the afternoon. I'll have training before the before on the training. On your own? Uh, yeah, on my own. Yeah. With like a private trainer. Plus so you had a private yeah, trainer too. Yeah, so okay. I would train doubles almost every single day. And then me growing up watching that, it was just surreal to see. Like I thought we were like 14 at the time, 13, 13, 14. He was doing double sessions. I was over here just going from school to make it to the StubHub Center at the time and just training for fun. Like I would always tell you, like I always saw like it was more to you than just playing the game. Mm -hmm. And like you loved the game, you grew love for the game, obviously, that's why you're here. But I guess what we're saying is when did it get to the point where you realize like, okay, I'm good enough and I'm going to do more than just play for fun. What change did you have to make at that point? I think once I signed my first contract out in Europe, I feel like just because now you... When was that? You Sorry. How old were you? I was 18. 18, yeah. So it was like... Barely. Yeah. It was like... So I was like... So I guess like when I went out there, you start realizing, okay, there's there's other players that are way better than you. So you need to work 10 times harder than them. You know, you need to show like everyone else that this is like, this is where you are. This is where I'm from. And this is where, this is what I can do for you. So that's what motivated me to like, actually like do more than other players. You know, it was always like, okay, you're not going to, like we would have gym and I wouldn't like doing gym with the team. I would like doing it on my own because I don't like being watched when I'm doing stuff. So I would usually work on my own, work on finishing, work on stuff that I could, I could do for the team. Going to Europe, like you said, a different environment. So how is it like transitioning? Because like a lot of this is, it's for you to like, just kind of see like how far you've gone and uh -huh. kind of like realize like, okay, like, damn, like looking back, you're, you're writing your own book yeah. and it's still currently in the making, but how did it feel moving out and like leaving your family at such a young age? I mean, it was difficult. I mean, you know, when you're when you're 17, 16, you don't really think about it. You're just like, oh, I'm gonna stay home forever. But once once I turned 17 and 18, that's when a lot of difficulties happened with the Galaxy and then like Wolfsburg. So it was just like, okay, like, what is gonna be best for me in my future and my career long term? So it's like, if I stay here, I have my family and my friends, this and that. But I feel like if I would have stayed here, I would have got distracted. So it's like something that that journey me to be out there was I need to be away from like everything that's here like there's like my friends family there's parties there's everything so it's like there's something that that journey me to be to go out there and just try to just focus on myself and my career and how was that like when obviously growing up we would have our families always at the games we had the biggest crowd at, mm -hmm. at times remember that but how was it like when you were in Europe playing and you weren't seeing your family in stands. Like, I mean, how was that? I mean, it was it was difficult. I mean, it's it's like you're so used to like seeing your family there cheering you on every time you score. Like they start screaming, but at the same time, it's like you can't really do much about it. You know, it's just a sacrifice that you're gonna have that that you made, and it's just like you know what they're cheering me five thousand miles away. Like after the game, I wait till they wake up and I tell them about the game. So as long as they know what like what happened in the game, that's all that matters. And that probably motivated you a lot too, yeah. man. Like yeah. just the fact that they were up probably like six AM was that your games are literally yeah. like in the night. Well now like now that I'm in Austria, like my parents and my parents are always up at two or three in the morning just watching the game. So it's like as long as they're as long as they get to see me play, that's all that matters. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of the stuff that we want to touch on in terms of this is you being able to have your story 
like you being able to have your platform here because like i said earlier like you might not realize it maybe you do but you've impacted a lot of adolescents a lot of like you impacted me the way i perceived like soccer as a whole we grew up together mm -hmm. and i was uh fortunate to have like a y and z you know but you motivated me in the sense of like this guy's working his ass off in this game i'm gonna step up too I remember the time we would literally have fist fights in training <laughs> we would it was like it, it was crazy. Uh, the environment was uh, so crazy, and a lot of people don't know that. Like people that aren't athletes, they don't um, really know like what actually goes on the field and everything, exactly. or in the locker rooms or anything like they that. They don't know the 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 different types of. I, and I say it in perspective, like we're different breeds at that mm -hmm. point. Like our mentality, our our way of thinking in the pitch, it's like it's 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 a crazy mentality that we have. And one of the goals that we want to acquire here. Is just transitioning that mentality to your social life mm -hmm. in terms of like what you want in the future, and that's why we're here. We're here to we're here to guide you and see if you have bad training week instead of like going to someone that doesn't know exactly what they're talking about or doesn't know like maybe it was just a bad day, you know? Mm -hmm. Like we're that's why we're here because we understand what it's like to have a bad training day, a bad week. We understand what it's like to be cussed out by a coach and just not take it to the extreme mm -hmm. and let it ruin like the possibilities and your skill sets. <clears throat> And a lot of the time, um, it happens in college athletics, it happens in professional environment. It also happens in the youth, where a lot of the times, um, it can either be the parents that get overwhelmed, or the parents that get honestly depressed because they don't have the access to give their their kids A, Y, and Z. But majority of the time, what we just want to see from people, it's like loving the game again. And within loving the game, you'll find your peace. You'll find the right the right mentality, the right mindset to go. And that's where we come in because like we just want to be the right guidance. Mm -hmm. Like we want to be that we want to be that team for you where it's like if you need something, if you need advice inside the pitch or outside the pitch, like we're here. Mm -hmm. Like if you're having a bad week, we're here to support you. We're here to listen to you and we believe that um, within the relationship we we all establish within sports we can help find a way to give you a better opportunity to excel and reach your goals. The way that you can help um, voice your story within our program and voice um, to help other kids in the mm -hmm. future. Because like I said, you're a role model. Like like to a lot of kids, the people from your hometown, Linwood, I'm pretty sure like they look up to you. Like first out of many, or one, one of the first, no, I would mm -hmm. say. Uh well, there's probably other athletes, but like, yeah, like to the extent that to the, the to the caliber that you're at, mm -hmm. like it hasn't been much at that point. Yeah, and you gotta own it. Yeah. Like, congratulations <laughs> yeah. on that. That's awesome, dude. Like, we're so proud of you. Like, seriously. Thanks. Appreciate and, it. I don't know. Like, wherever the future like has for you, like we're here to help. Mm -hmm. We're here to appreciate it. Whatever you need, like a, a phone call. Uh, our services are online, so. We can always just chat, you know. Yeah, That's the beauty about like yeah. where we, the world we live in now, where it's like you're not alone. You're just a call away. Mm -hmm. And when you go back, you leave tomorrow, like you said. When you go back, just know that you still have a family. Mm -hmm. Like you still have uh, people to support you, and wherever you need, we're here. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was. If I could ask a couple questions, so, so I'm curious. Like you have, you have a really interesting um, track in terms of like you knew at a younger age that you were gonna at least play it at advanced level as college or pro. So like what type of like, I mean, how much were you exposed to like mental training? How much were you, ex did you ever have a sports psychologist? So any of that, cause you had personal trainers, you said. So I'm curious, like, first of all, how much about 
mental training aspect or sports psychology, which you know, but then secondly, um, what I'm curious about some of your mental routines, habits, um, goal setting, you know, visualization, things of that nature. I don't know. My mental aspect is was always to try to like make my family proud. Just like every single day, just try to make something to like make them proud. Whatever. So I'm that was like your focus. Yeah, yeah, that was like really yeah. my focus. Nothing really mattered to me besides my family and soccer. So that's what really dragged me in my like mental state. That's what really helped me a lot. And I feel like I matured. I feel like I matured at a young age, really, really quick. But but there's still some stuff that was really like bothering me growing up. It was always something that, oh, I'm not doing enough of this. I'm not doing enough of that. Um, I'm not making my dad proud. I'm not making my mom proud. Like it was always like, there was always little like stuff that I felt like I wasn't doing right. But it was always like, okay, if it did, the next day, just try to do something better. Try to make them as much, try to do something that's going to make them eat, like proud again or something like that. Yeah, it's good. I wanted to I wanted to share with the audience a little bit more about your background. Like, did you have any brothers or sisters? Two young younger siblings, one brother, and one sister. Yeah, so this is good. So you're the oldest sibling. Yeah. And where are your parents from? Uh, my dad's from Compton, and my mom's from. Where is my mom from? Oh, my mom's. I think my mom's from Long Beach. Yeah. So you had a lot of pressure on you. It wasn't just soccer and you and. Um, and supporting your family, you were overcoming a lot of obstacles that, that existed off the field. Um, how, how did like the off-field pressure, I should say, or the family pressure, how did that impact your, um, how did it, did it distract at all, or was it always like a motivator? It was always a motivator. Yeah. I never, well, ever since growing up, uh, when I started growing up, it was always like I didn't really have any distractions. It was just soccer, school, soccer, school, soccer, school, nothing else. I didn't really pay attention to anything else but soccer. And how was school for you growing up, given how focused you were with sports? It was difficult because I wasn't really focused on school. It was always, I would get home. So say the day when I was in middle school, it was always morning school, get home, get ready for get ready for training, come back. Sometimes I would do homework, sometimes I wouldn't, because it was always like, oh, like, I'm just focused on just soccer. Like, yeah. It was nothing else. Like, everything was just about soccer. And so, did your, were your parents athletes at all? My dad was, uh, my dad used to play, play soccer. He played soccer, yeah. yeah. And so, mentally then, like, what was your biggest challenge, let's just say, and so, you weren't you were playing at the high school, you were playing on... Um, Galaxy. Yeah, with, yeah, exactly. So, what would you say your biggest mental challenge was before you signed a contract at 18? What was the biggest difficulty athletically you faced before then so before I signed my before you signed a contract yeah so before I did go to Wolfsburg for a couple uh, for a couple months so I was just like just to see how it is and it was difficult because I feel like that's where like everything actually like hit like once I was when I was 16 17 I didn't really have anything because I was playing I was playing with the second team at Galaxy so it was like here in Los Angeles yeah I'm yeah, yeah, so yeah. It's, like, I had no stress right 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 training with the first team like everything everything <clears> is like going the way it is so when you went when you go out to Europe, you're basically starting from ground up again. So it was like, okay, like let's see how it is. So the first couple, like the first two months, it was difficult because it was like, okay, lang I don't know the language, I don't talk to anyone, like I just don't know anything. Like I don't like I'm in a whole new world. And I don't even know what's going on. So it was like always, okay, this is gonna be like a difficult challenge for me, but I know it's gonna it's gonna be worth it at the end. Yeah, this is a good thing. So Nathan and I have talked a lot about this because Nathan played overseas. One question that we'd like to hear how, how, how you respond, but one question we've asked and thought about a lot is like, what kind of support would have been good for you when you went overseas? You were talking about all kinds of language, cultural, and then the stress of wanting to perform well. 
what would you have wished that like the team provided for you or what would you have done differently? I feel like I, sh- I don't know. I feel like, cause we do have a sports psychiatrist, uh, psychiatrist out there. You had one on the yeah, team there. Yeah. I had one on the team, but I never really took advantage of it. Like it was, um, I don't know. I just felt like they're just going to tell me the same, you know, the same thing I already know, you know, like it was like, Oh, you, you're just doing this. You're just doing that. Try to do this, try to do that. So it was always like, I didn't really like going to because they're just going to keep telling me the same thing. <laughs> like, sure. you know, it was just going to be the same thing. Like, oh, why are you feeling this way? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? Like, I don't know. I just felt like, personally, it was just like, I felt like it wasn't going to help me. Yeah. Like, it just, I don't know. Do you wish you had used it? I feel back? like, I, yeah. And what, so what would you have gotten out of it? Like, what would you have wanted to get from that then? I don't know. Just someone to talk to. Yeah. Just pretty much that's it. Yeah, because we talked about earlier, it was like when we talked on the phone the first time, there's times where like you said that you felt like kind of like alone, like you uh, just needed, you just need someone that understood mm-hmm. what it was like being in that system. And was it a therapist or a sports psychologist? I think it was, I think it was a therapist. Okay, yeah. I think it was a sports psychologist, but it was like, they couldn't. They could claim it was, yeah. And that's kind of like what we talked about. It's like a lot of the times in this industry, people relate to athletes needing a therapist when that's why we have doctors that are specified in sports psychology. Like that's the beauty about it. It's like we understand and we can have a better conversation than just a therapist would have with you because mm-hmm. they, like I said, they don't understand the factors of what it takes to be an athlete, the factors of what it has or what happens when you have like a bad training. And that's kind of where we want to indent our, like our goals and our, like our company as a whole. It's just, giving you guys that access where we can both win off each other mm-hmm. where it's like the same the clubs can win off you too because at that point you'll be at a better you'll be at a better place uh when we talked on the phone that you scored two goals in two minutes and like I, that was after coming off of like a lot of like controversy and then you come in and score two goals in two minutes imagine if uh you had someone to talk to you earlier in that like the process like maybe maybe not you'd be, you would have been happier that's mm-hmm. like what we're getting at you would have been happier you would have been more content and maybe those two goals turn to six. Nah. Maybe those six turn into eight. Maybe mm. it's a streak at that point, mm. you know? And at that point, the club's winning, you're winning. We're all winning because you're we're having someone that's succeeding within our program. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like what we want to Im- embed to like our audience and not just like the you guys, but just everyone as a whole that that's why we have a sports psychologist, like a psychologist, because it's a, it makes a difference. Mm-hmm. We really believe that it will make a difference for these athletes. And that's where we stand on that. Um, any other questions? Yeah, well, I could talk forever, yeah. <laughs> um, no, it's really cool listening to your story. You know, I, I appreciate everything you're throwing down. Um, so you're going back on Monday, and your season will start when? In like four weeks. Four and how, how long will the season go for you over there? Uh, so the first part of the season is going to take like four or five months. So we have one and a half of the season, and then we have another half of the season in January. So it's like... So we have two two parts. So like, so yeah. like eight months. Uh, so it's yeah, like eight months. Next year like, it's like ten months of yeah. just a yeah, whole season. Pro so, do, yeah. so yeah, that's uh, at least Monday. We have four weeks of preseason, and then our first game of the season, I think it's like July 17th or something like that. Uh, okay. There. Yeah, it's cool. So I'm curious, like, so your focus, like I can just tell it's, it's, it's awesome listening to your story and like how determined you are and your mental toughness and tenacity is pretty clear. So – like how much, and I, my point is, like, I know like kind of the larger goal for you because you've already said that, but like I'm curious like what, like, you know, for all the athletes out there listening to this, like do you set like nitty gritty goals for yourself? Like 
I want to have this many. I want to play this many minutes. I want to start this many games. Like, what do? I, how much do you give this, to that? This season, I've never done that. I feel like now, like when the, this season coming up, now I like I started like saying like little little goals to my. I set little goals to myself. So like at the end of the season, I want to I want to have twenty goals to do. Yeah, so like, about, like yeah. stuff like that. You know, like like oh, I want to be the best player. I want to be the. I want to have. I want to have a good season and be named the best player of the season. Pretty much like okay. I want to like little, like little stuff like that. It's like that's like it, it's maybe it may be like extreme, but at the same time, it's like those are my goals. That's what I want to achieve. Yeah, and they're reachable, hundred percent. Like you have the quality. Mm-hmm. Like twenty, so twenty goals, fifteen assists. Yeah, that's like that's, that's great. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for for the, uh, the end of the season. Yeah, and so one thing that comes up a lot again, I'm trying to I'm trying to open some things up because you have a great story, you're focused, you're a pro. Like just for other listeners, listen. One thing I talk about when I'm working with athletes in the office when they're having um, difficulty concentrating, having anxiety, whether it's related to, to being on the field or off the field. But one thing we talk all the time about is like routines, <clears throat> and that's everything from like before the game everything to preseason and training to like in the game, like point to point, as it would say in sports psych, like for example, like during timeouts in soccer or like when you're off the ball in soccer, like, so what kind of pre, what kind of routines do you have? Like what routines work for you? You can share with the audience out there to, to hear how you do it so good. I mean, okay. So say we have a game at six 30. This is like my, my routine. So I wake up, I wake up like around eight, nine, just on my phone, te- like just to see who's who's up because of the time difference. So I'm just texting or whatever, and then talking to family. Yeah, or yeah, yeah whoever, whoever's up, whoever's up. So it's like okay, whatever. And then I talk to I have friends out there. Um, Kobe. So I talk, I text him, and I tell him, "Oh, do you do you want to play PlayStation?" So I play PlayStation before the game. I eat around like twelve, something light, not too much. Yeah. Take a little nap after I eat. Two hours, get ready, and then I head to the stadium, and then. Before the game, I just listen to my own music. So everyone, like, they blast music in the locker room. Right, right, right. I like listening to it, so I play my own music. And I just do what I, whatever I do before the game. And then when the game starts, that's when I really, like, just focus on the game. So what are some of your post-game routines then, uh, Yuli? Uh, post-game routines. Uh, usually after a game, like, I usually just go get food and then just head back to... Because uh, last season, I was staying in a hotel, so I would just get my food go to the hotel and just play PlayStation and then have my recovery boost on while I'm playing PlayStation. Gotcha. And just so everybody knows out there, where were you playing last year? Uh, in Austria. Uh, it's a small team called Eskind, uh St. Paulton. I got some questions. So, how many Americans were on that team? None. I was only American. So you're the only, you're only, uh, were you the only English speaker on that team? No, nah, there are some English speakers there, but it's most, of, most of the people don't really speak English. Yeah, one thing maybe for another another time, we'd love to hear about like like the cult, like the off off field difficulties of being a pro in another country. Was well, I do talk to a lot of my teammates, but I do have another. I do have two teammates that I really talk to a lot. One one of them is from Paris, and the other one's from Amsterdam. So and they all speak English. I imagine the team. The, or? the one in Amsterdam, he speaks very good English. The yeah. One, the one from Paris, he speaks okay English, but he like he tries to like talk to us about it. So how much do you think we're just gonna go there? Like, how much do you think that was a? Uh, obviously, you you playing in LA for a club team. It's easy in terms of camaraderie and chemistry. But being a pro, being in another country, the one thing if you're in America playing for the Galaxy or something. So, like, and you said you had a sports psychologist. What was the biggest difficulty there? Like with being in another country and being just, on a foreign team. I just feel like missing your family. 
Yeah, that's, that's why that's like out. the biggest difficulty because you're just so you just so used to like okay after training you're coming home and then it's like you have your family there you know now when you're out there in Europe it's like you come home and there's you like you're just by yourself you know you're just like damn I wish I had my family here I wish I had someone here I wish I had this I wish I had that but at the end of the day it's just like I don't know it's just like you get so used to like just like not having anyone there it's just like I don't know. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's a, sometimes a good thing. And sometimes a bad thing. So yeah, I guess when we covered this a little bit earlier, you would have liked to have had, excuse me, a sports psychologist at that point, just to talk about yeah, just being so, in a new place, a new uh, team. Yeah. No, it's good stuff. So then had dealing with bad games. Like if you share with the audience again, that like, how do you, how do you deal with a bad game? Like mentally in sports, psychology, we call it flushing, like flushing yeah. the game behind. Like I'm curious what, yeah, you have a bad game or even an injury. It's a kind of another conversation too. But like, how do you move on to the next game? How do you get? So, how, do you, how do you process? So that? like before, I would, like I, I had a conversation with Nathan about it. Like before, I would always be like, oh, if I had a bad game, why? Like you suck. Like why are you playing? Like why do you did this? Why do you did that? Like you like stuff like just bringing negativity down on myself when this should yeah, be you're a competitor. Understand? Now this this season that, that passed, it was always like. Okay, like what could he have done better? Like, okay, why rewatch the game? Go back to this play. Let's see what you could have done better on this play, and then the next game in, tr- in that week of training, do what you did, do what you could have done better, and then in the game, show what show what you could have done better than last game. You know. So yeah, it's good stuff. So do you like? Because this when I work with clients, I actually have all my my clients like get notebooks and stuff like that for just like hey, like going over three things. You know, any athlete or any person, I think we want to go what can I do differently? What can I improve? And what can I like eliminate, for example? Like, do you track any of that? Or nah, do you just kind of just do, listen to coach, talk to coaches? Or? Yeah, I mean, the coaches tell me as well, like, oh, you could have done this better, you could have done that better. Even t- Sometimes they even tell me I have like a shit, like a bad game or something like that. Yeah. So they tell me, and then if I have a good game, it's like they tell me I have a good game. So it's like, they criticize me, but for for like a good way, just yeah, to make me better, because they yeah. know what I can do for the team. And then it's just like, okay, you're not like you had a bad game, it's okay, but this is what you could have done better. Sometimes they even do a video with me and like, oh, you could have played it here, you could have played it there, you could have turned here, like stuff like that. Oh, there's space here, you should have been in the yeah, yeah. like stuff like that. They help me with like stuff like like that could have worked on my game. Your development, yeah. yeah. So you rely on your coaches a lot for like what I can improve, what I can change, and yeah, the conversations. Yeah, even, even yeah. my teammates, my teammates tell me yeah. to like, they tell me too, like, oh, you, I can't play the ball because um, you're not, you're not open. But when I look, when I rewatch it, like on video and stuff like that, I'm like, how are you gonna tell me that I don't have, like, I, I'm not in, like, I'm in the gap. There's no one here. Just give me the ball. Yeah. So it's like there's stuff like there's stuff like that that really like that because I wasn't like that before. Nathan will tell you I was like always a shy guy, like always like. I wouldn't ask for it. I wouldn't like. I wouldn't get mad at anyone unless oh, that's like. Interesting, yeah. So it's like now that I'm getting older, it's like okay, you need to show like your personality. You know, like, be more I, leadership. Yeah, type skills. Much, yeah. yeah. No, it's really interesting actually because the the farther you advance, the leadership skills and the mental aspect becomes more and more important. Well, it's important at all levels, but you're just challenged more mentally. And the competition itself, like yeah. you get to the point where like. Yeah, those are your teammates, but you're also fighting to keep your salary. You're mm-hmm. also fighting to keep that contract. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I, right. obviously, there's positive and negative sports. There's some athletes that honestly just think about themselves and don't think about the team. Where it's like, obviously, right. you think about it's both. Pro level, yeah. Yeah, so Different. it's like it, it must be hard sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like you, you probably have moments like you said earlier. Like they're saying you're not open, but like you're in the gap, and that 
that one play can make you a goal. That mm-hmm. one goal can give you another contract. Mm-hmm. That one contract can give you another a salary. Like mm-hmm. it just all yeah. of these things align. Like how do you? How does that go through your head? Like sometimes, like do, do you even think about it? Or nah, not? I don't really think about it. It's just more like okay, like then you give me the ball. Okay, the next play, fuck it. In the next play, give me the ball. If I don't do anything, then they tell me. If I lose the ball, they tell me like. What am I gonna do? Like at the end of the day, if I lose the ball, I'm gonna win, I'm gonna try to win, win it back in like like how Brian used to say, five seconds. So like it's always in my head, like okay, try to get the ball in five, five seconds, seconds, ten seconds. Like try to get the ball <laughs> until the play is over. So it's always like the five seconds turns to yeah, ten, yeah, <laughs> ten, and then it turns to fifteen. Yeah, now, you're just like, running. Yeah, at this point, I'm just running until I get the ball. But nah, it's just more like I don't know. It's just I'm just so used to like just so used to it. And you grew up with it. Yeah. That's all you. That's all you grew up doing. Yeah. And you're like, but at the same time, it's always like, okay, like at the end of the day, like I'm just thinking about my career and I'm just thinking about the team, and it's just like I'm trying to find a way to help my like help my career and then like help the team in that moment in the game and stuff like that. So it's like now I now it's like it is a little difficult, but I try to like not to let it get to me a little bit. So it's just try to like I always try to just talk to myself. I always talk to myself during games, like. After games, just like okay, he could have done this, I could have done that. Like just like pretty much just talk to, even you know, a lot, even the coaches tell me a lot to talk, like ask for the ball, like just stuff like that. I'm just like I don't know, just be be there, yeah, like yeah, be, just be there, like you know, just know that like if they don't give it to you, just know that the next play you're there, like they know you're there. It's all about when, it's all about being ready for the moment. Yeah. So you kind of communicate more. Yeah. At the pro level, you start to communicate yeah. better. Because I was always like the shy guy. I'm always yeah. like I don't really like. Like, if you see me, then you see me. If you don't, then you don't. Right. But now it's just more like, okay, like, you see me, give me the ball. So you're more, like, so it's not just verbal, like, you're, like, demanding. Yeah, demanding. Because yeah. Yeah. I know what I can do. Like, that's right, the thing. right. I know what I can do. I know what I can provide for the team. Yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. like, if you don't, so say it's just like, okay, you didn't give me the ball after, like, five, six, like, times yeah. you me open. It's like, okay, well, now we're going to have a problem. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's good stuff. Because one thing I talk a lot about with, with, with athletes is, like, just knowing yourself. Because my point is, so there's a couple of things that I think happened with you, which is really cool. Like you've developed your leadership and ability to like communicate more, but also, like you just said, you know you're good. Mm-hmm. So you're not just asking for the ball because you're selfish. You're, you're asking for the ball because you can score or help the team. So um, a lot of guys don't know that. A lot of guys demand the ball. And they're not even that good, <laughs> or vice versa. Like you said when you were you were you were, you were good, but you were shy. Mm-hmm. And so like one thing I always talk about with 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 my athletes and my clients is like. You got to know yourself, like whether it's a strike zone and you're a pitcher, it's a basketball player, like, you know, basketball players are playing, have different, everybody has different skills and strengths and just knowing what you're good at and what you're bad at. And it sounds like, which is really interesting too, because like you both internally, in terms of how you're verbalizing things, knowing yourself better and when to speak, but also knowing your ability. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're, I guess we're kind of doing like the, the beginning here at the end, but I, I wanted to, again, in the interest of sharing your story with whoever's listening out there, I think it's a pretty inspiring story. So we're here in Los Angeles. I know where Linwood is. I work in Linwood. But if you could just share with like, everybody who's listening, because there's a million little soccer players out there so, who want to hear your story. So, yeah, when I was when I was growing up, we, it, it, I mean, you, you've you been there. It's like, it's not yeah, really, Linwood, it's not, California, for yeah, it's, it's right next to it's, Compton. It's, yeah. it's not really a good, like... It's not a good. It's not a good city, you know. It's like it's a, when I was growing up, there was always a lot of gang, mm-hmm. lot of gang violence. There was always there was always something going on. But at the end of the day, my dad, um, my dad helped me get like get, got me away from all that. But yeah. he made, he still figured out a way to make me like love the sport. Like he distracted me with the sport and forget everything else that's happening in 
and Linwood and everything. But growing up, it, yeah. I feel like growing up, that has helped me a lot because it was always like, oh, like, I'm, I, so say if I'm going out, I'm at my friend's house across the street, I was always scared to like walk the street. So it was always like, there was always something going on. But at the end of the day, it just, at the end of the day, that, that helped me growing up because it's, I don't know, it was just always, it was always, I don't know, it just has a lot of like meaning to me because I'm, growing up, it was just, I don't know, it was just growing up, it was just always, like that's always going to be my home. But at the same time, I'm glad that I'm, yeah, like, that's fascinating. Away, you know, it's just yeah. more like, it's a motivational yeah, factor. Yeah, it's like, I it's like at the same time. It's like it's like you grew up in there and like you don't yeah, like it. It's it's cool. it's I feel like just yeah. the environment growing up. It was always like okay, like how am I like how am I gonna get my family out of here? Pretty exactly. much. So it was like okay, soccer is the only way to get me out of here. But at the end of the day, that's always gonna be my home. You know, exactly. it's like yeah, yeah. I just I have nothing. I have nothing against it. It's just more like you just see like the stuff that goes actually goes on. And then when you get older, you're like, okay, now, now you see like the bigger picture. And then obviously you're going to help like the community over yeah, the years. Course, exactly. Yeah. Like, that's your goal. Like, yeah. That's why you say it's your home. Yeah. Like your goal is to obviously come back one day or like still you're coming back right now. Like people, obviously they know who you are. Mm -hmm. They know what you have done. And I'm pretty sure that motivates you. So the next time you come back, there's more, there's, uh, you have more achievements to help out the community, mm -hmm. help out the, the kids that, are looking up to you. Yeah, yeah, you're inspiring people. And I think it's also interesting too that you're an older brother and you get two younger sisters. So it's yeah. like, there's a lot of pressure on you. Um, so it's, yeah. I mean, I just, I just want the best for my family. You know, it's just, everyone always wants the best for like themselves and their family. So it's, that, that's something that a lot of people don't like. That's what a lot of people actually see, you know, like they just want the best for their family and try to make the most out of it. Yeah. No, nah, it's a great story, man. You should proud of yourself. I love it. Yeah, definitely should be proud of you. I'm, like, yeah. I'm proud of you guys. I, I saw you grow up. Like I, the things yeah, you have done, I didn't think I could do. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, man, I'm, we're so happy that you were here too. Um, yeah, thanks so much. I could talk to you all day long, but I, I appreciate you sharing what yeah, you already did. Wish you the best of luck tomorrow, leaving tomorrow. So hopefully, we'll all stay in touch, and hopefully, our listeners will get updates from you both in the news <laughs> exactly. and from us. It'd be great. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, exactly. Yeah. Well, we really appreciate having no, you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks so much, Yuli. And we'll see you in the future. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Thank you guys for watching.